were destroying for Sirius XM. We were destroying for regular radio back in the day. Yeah, the Afro shows back in the day were so fantastic. That was the days when we couldn't do no wrong. We were on a rocket ship getting really famous really quickly. Our best stuff, although it wasn't attention getters, like uh, the big over the top bits, was just us hanging out every day and just babbling and making each other laugh. And it seems like yesterday I was up in Boston just loving life doing afternoons at WAAF with Anthony. I wish I got to hang with that guy a little more. It really sucks that everything got all, all sorts of fucked up over the years. See, what happens is, like, Anthony starts all sorts of garbage, and then I got to defend myself. Why would I not sign contracts for no good reason? When something goes wrong with somebody, a relationship, uh, a business partner, whatever, you know, it's so easy just to like hammer them with all the bad stuff. We promoted the hell out of the fact that we were going to be on Bill O'Reilly, sat down with the guy, made some great points about comedy and being shock jocks and this and that. There were times me and Anthony got along, but it, it was very rare, sadly. I remember he called my apartment or I called him as the piece was being aired. We're like, what the hell is this? They cut out all the decent stuff we were talking about and, and explanations why we do what we do. This is a hatchet job. They ended the hell out of this to make us look like creeps. One of the guys is like, obsessed with race. The other guy was never that good. I did whatever I could for uh, Anthony when he got fired for that, the racial crap. He started this BS narrative that I didn't stick up for him. He can go screw for saying that if you want to know the truth. Can you imagine blocking the guy you did a, a massive radio show with? Like I said, the good, the bad, the ugly. You refuse to sign contracts for zero reason. You that's what what are you Matthew, were you there? What are you talking about? I can't I can't I can't 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 do the same freaking uh BS over and over again. I I've, I've explained all this, but I will explain this one cuz I saw you. Uh I didn't just I didn't why would I See, what happens is, like, Anthony starts all sorts of garbage, and then I got to defend myself. Why would I not sign contracts for no good reason? The amount of money they were throwing at us. Can you use your stupid brain? Why would I not sign a contract for no good reason? Did you go to school? We were we were destroying for serious exam. We were destroying for regular radio back in the day, and they were pay, they were basically paying us pennies on the dollar, even though we made uh, a decent salary. Why do you think I'm I'm sitting here like uh, hoping for another little run? Because just just oh my god, I get so I get so frustrated because in this day and age, somebody could just spew their nonsense, and then that is a. Then that is looked at as facts, and then you got to fight, and and you got to explain and push back. And I'm I'm so done with the pushing back crap. Why would I not sign contracts for no good reason? Are you crazy? The fact is, Anthony has no money. The fact is, ah, I need a little run. Considering what the Opie and Anthony show did, considering the amount of people that were listening to Opie and Anthony, considering the amount of money we were making executives and salespeople across the board, that I shouldn't have to worry about uh, money ever again in my life. And, and same goes uh, for Anthony.
I'll stick up for him as well. He doesn't have a lot of money left. I'm going to have to probably make some big moves to, uh, you know, to continue living uh, the way I do. The fact is they weren't paying us enough. And so I was the only one that would fight and go, I ain't signing this. This is, this is garbage. And, and, and could spin it all he wants. But uh, a few of those times I got us more money. And one time, because those dopes signed before me, and I said, I ain't signing. And they're like, well, there's no show without you. I'm like, oh, well, oh, well. I ended up making a few hundred thousand dollars uh, more than those guys because they they were insecure and they signed their contracts behind my back. I'm like, I don't care if they sign. I ain't signing. And then they're like, well, what's it going to take? And then I finally gave them a number that was a, uh, a bit higher than the, what was on the piece of paper in front of me. And they're like, all right, done. But to, to say that I didn't sign contracts for no good reason, you you obviously don't know business or anything. You probably barely made it through school. And even with that said, we were still underpaid. Come on, Ope, you don't want two pennies to sign a contract where you're overworked and undervalued. No, it's just, uh, look. Look, when you don't like somebody, you know, you will throw you will throw everything at them. And and half these people are fully aware that some of the stuff they throw at me is complete and utter nonsense. But that's what you do when you don't like somebody. And and when you're like uh, sticking up and, and uh, you know, supporting somebody else. But but the guy's logic, his comment it drove me nuts because who in their right mind wouldn't sign a contract that that was for a lot of money. I just felt like it wasn't enough considering what we were bringing in. Why the F would I not sign a contract for no good reason? I wasn't independently wealthy or anything like that. I, I'm a kid from Long Island that grew up in, extremely poor. I wouldn't just casually like, oh, I ain't signing your multi-million dollar contract. Why? Oh, I don't have a why. I'm just not doing it. God, I, that's where like Anthony really, really needed to finish school. Anthony Comia, uh, when I knew him, I, I don't know the guy at all, and uh, and I and I I've discussed this. I don't even know if I ever knew the guy, but the when I when I was hanging with the guy every day doing that radio show, uh, his street smarts were were spot on. He had very very good street smarts, but his book smarts were not good at all. And that's where maybe he should have continued going to to school and, and 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 taking maybe college classes or something, so he could understand, you know, how to negotiate, and understand that if you're like if you're a show that's bringing in millions of dollars, they weren't going to get rid of us. It just meant they were going to keep pushing the number until they fi could finally get you to sign the paper. Yeah, but these guys, there was a. One of the one of the I don't know if I ever talked about this, but I think it was one of the last contracts I signed for Opie and Anthony. Like I was I was holding them up for more money. I'm like, this is crazy. Where I know what Howard Stern's making, and we were making pennies compared to that guy. And I'm like, no, I don't even know how many more years we got. No, we got to get every single dollar we can from these guys. So like my agents like, and I'm like, I'm not signing. I'm not signing, Bob. This is this is not a good contract, right? And then I I go in. This is the type of guy I worked with. This says it all. So I go in to do the Opie and Anthony show. And I'm like, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, what are we going to, what are we going to do? And, you know, uh, we, we need to continue negotiating with these guys. He's like, what are you, what are you talking about? I signed last night. So the, the, the guy signs a contract without even telling me. 
So that that kind of took a, a lot of the oomph out of my negotiations. But I still, I and then he goes, then Jimmy signed too. I'm like, oh, you two are just made for each other. You're just the worst. So I'm like, oh, that's great. And so uh, I did the show that day, another day where it was just miserable because I'm like, oh, why am I with this guy? That was that's on me. That was me being stupid. And so the company came to me like, well, those two signed. What are you going to do? I'm like, I ain't signing. What? I ain't signing. This is a terrible contract. Well, what is it going to take? And then without getting into it, I'm like, it's going to take. And, and, you know, the number was a a few hundred thousand dollars more. And then uh, they're like, well, how about this? You know, this number. "Eh." And so they're like, all right, fine. How about this? So we settled on a number. So the last contract, because those guys went behind my back and were sneaky as F and signed without telling me. I ended up making more money that last contract than those guys. That's why I didn't sign. Hey, you, you, you weren't signing contracts for no good reason. No. No, I went to school. I knew how to negotiate. I was confident in what I was doing and, and uh, confident in the show we were doing that they weren't going to kick us out the door at that point anyway. Didn't you guys share the same agent? Why would your agent allow Ant to sign behind your back like that? That's a betrayal by uh, the agent as well. No, I don't want to speak badly about Bob because he did a lot for me and my family. He was uh, super agent Bob Eatman. He's no longer with us. Um, but, yeah, that was that was uh, the beginning of the end uh, with my association with Bob. Um, I was like, wow, wow, you guys are talking behind my back. Wow. And then Bob thought he could strong arm me and say, uh, you know, if if Anthony and Jimmy sign, then he has to sign, which in the end I had to. But I got a few uh, I got a little extra bag for it. But, yeah, that was r- brutal. Wow. The real stuff's coming out today. Yeah, that that was uh, that really hurt our relationship for real. And um, and then. <sighs> And then he was also representing uh, Jimmy, who, who, uh, who took over my morning show. I'm like Bob, I can't, I can't work with you anymore. You represent the guy that that is a backstabbing worm. And I and you know what, Bob goes, uh, do you want me to? Do you want me not to represent? I'll tell you all the stuff. Let's go. Let's go. So so Bob goes, uh, uh, oh wow, here we go. So Bob goes, uh, you want me to not represent uh, Jim Norton anymore? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I am not going to answer that question, Bob. That's up to you. That's up to you and what you need to do for you and your family. That's up to you. I'm just telling you, this is, this is no bueno that not only did the guy sign the last contract behind my back, putting me in a really weird position, but I, I did all right in the end. Uh, you're also representing the guy that took over my stupid radio show. In a very sneaky, backstabbing, worm way. Brutal. This is the best comment of the summer right here. You got some. I don't think I ever talked about this uh, This one. So then I had to get. I, I had to uh, part ways with Bob. Um, it was amicable. And we kept in touch right up until he died. Um, and, uh, you know, I got I got to say this because, you know, um, you got you got you got to tell the complete story. You know when, when when something goes wrong with somebody, a relationship, uh, a business partner, whatever. You know it's so easy just to like hammer them with all the bad stuff. Look, I gave Anthony the compliment. He 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 just blows off all the race stuff. He's got to let it settle down. 
So it'll probably take like between three and six months. Then he would make millions on his own. It, obviously, he'd make millions with me. That goes without saying. But he, I think he could make millions on his own as well. But he got, he's got to get rid of all that garbage, that race garbage. Um, but the complete man, Bob was uh, – Bob uh, did so much for me uh, professionally, uh, personally. Um I haven't made a, uh, a decent salary at this point in like five years. Uh, he set me up in such a way that I'm hanging in there. It's not going to last forever. Uh, that's for sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a, a, another little run. And even though I said I can't work with you anymore, you represent the guy that took my show. How does that, that – that, that doesn't work for me. But with that said, um, right to the end, we were talking, and he was literally on his deathbed. And he found out that Sirius XM uh, let me go. And he knew it was BS that they railroaded me for some some crap that in the end, I don't need to get into it again. I did just fine. Thank you very much, Scott uh, Greenstein, for being a gentleman in the end and paying every every dollar owed to me. I could say that. No, I'm going to say that. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that, but screw it. Because I'm thanking the guy. Because in the end, he's like, okay, yeah, we kind of railroaded you because, you know, we're, we're, we were kind of sick of you and your – your Howard Stern crap, and he's our big, our big show. And if he, and if he's mad or goes away, then we none of us have jobs. So that's the real reason. It came out after the fact, but, um, but when they railroaded me, Bob was the first person to call me, and he could barely talk anymore. And I, I don't want to imitate his voice because it's it was downright depressing. And he basically is like, what can I do? What can I do for you? That, that you know, what they're doing to you is not fair. It's not right. And he's like, I got to call into blank, who was like a middle management guy. And I got to call into Scott Greenstein. He was working on my behalf days before he died. That's the type of guy in the end Bob really was. Did, did we have those, that foible near the end where things got a little weird? Of course. But in the end, that that was the that was the guy that I uh, said yes to working with all those years ago in Boston, Massachusetts. We we're working at WAF. Um, we were becoming massively huge in the radio world, and all the radio mags uh, magazines were doing articles on us. And Bob was in Chicago. He read this huge article on Opie and Anthony. He called me up. He's like, "Can I can I meet you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And he's like, "Well, I'm flying, but I think I could." Um, I remember it was yesterday. He's like, "I think I could." do a stopover at Logan airport. Can you meet me at the airport? And we just hit it off. And I'm like, I go, Bob, you know, I was cocky back then. And I was sort of representing uh, me and Anthony. I say sort of, cause I had no business doing it, but I was representing us uh, with the uh, Bruce Mittman and the rest of the gang at uh, WAF. So I was kind of, kind of being sort of a agent for us. And uh, I go to Bob after a meeting. I'm like, we don't need you. We kind of just signed a contract and I don't know what to tell you. He's like, well, keep my, keep my card just in case. And he was well-respected at, at the time and well-respected during his entire career. And I think at this point he was, uh, uh, I think he was man cow's agent at this point. And uh, man cow had quite the run in Chicago, quite the run. So fast forward, then we do the mayor's prank in Boston and now we're Screwed. They're talking about arresting us and jail time and charges, all this crazy stuff that never panned out. And uh, and I was I was I was definitely scared. I know Anthony was scared, and I had this card. I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna call this guy. And sure enough, he uh, he took my call, and uh, we pretty much signed with him 
signed with him immediately because we had because he was a lawyer too so we needed him to help us navigate this craziness that was happening in boston and then um and then we got the offers in new york and i remember being uh I remember being in a hotel because I think we had another meeting with those guys or something. And Bob called me. He's like, all right, I met with the guys. And uh, I'll tell you everything. I don't give a crap. So being a kid from Long Island that didn't make a lot of money, I'm in a, I'm in a hotel in New York City. Bob calls me. He's like, uh, all right, I got the first offer from – I think at this point it was going to be NEW even though they were negotiating with – no, they were negotiating with CBS Radio in general. It was going to be between K-Rock and NEW. K-Rock was the Howard Stern station and it comes out that howard demanded that me and anthony don't work on the same station as him <laughs> so the phone rings i'm in a hotel and it's bob he's like all right i got the first offer i'm like all right i'm gonna tell you i don't give a fuck and he says it's six figures i'm like when can we sign when can we sign he's like relax i'm gonna get so much more money from these guys and at that point i'm like oh i think we're in pretty decent hands right now and then uh, he more or less doubled that number that he told me that day, and then uh, the rest is history. But even when, even when we were on that rocket ship, we were always so underpaid compa compared to to Howard Stern. Oh my God! Even if you don't think we were as good as Howard, that's fine. But we were. If, if, let's say for the haters, let's say Howard was up here. Okay, even if we were like up here. The amount of money that meant and what we actually were getting was way down here. The good old Afro Power Hour. Yeah, the Afro shows back in the day were so fantastic. Uh, we were working at WNEW. Me and Anthony were doing um, afternoons. And then uh, Ron and Fez were on after us. And the synergy between the two shows back then were just, just unbelievable. And we were jumping on each other's shows all the time. Sometimes it would just be Anthony with Ron and Fez. Sometimes it would be just me with Ron and Fez. And then sometimes Ron would come in early or sometimes Fez would come in early. And then sometimes we would do the the full thing, which was the Afro show. And uh, wow, that alone could be a, a decent YouTube channel. Just all the times we, we kind of did each other's shows all together or just uh, different parts. That would, that would be a fun listen. Because uh, that was very, very enjoyable. I mean, that was the days when uh, we and Ron and Fez had the world, the radio world, by the balls. We couldn't do no wrong until we messed it all up. What are you going to do? If you were on normal terms with everyone, you could be booming. Ew. 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 You're one of those guys, James? Ew. Who am I supposed to be on normal terms with? Why don't you uh, try to explain that, James? I bet you can't. One of the guys is uh, obsessed with race. The other guy was never that good. He was just lucky that uh, Opie and Anthony snatched him up, or he'd be just an average comic in uh, going up and down the New Jersey Turnpike. Uh, who am I supposed to uh, be on normal terms with? Why don't you explain that, James? Ah, oh, thank you. Leave it alone. Of course, leave it alone. Just another dishonest person. John Christopher, Opie, when it comes to Anthony, you should take the high road. Life is, uh, what do you? <laughs> Thanks, John. I'll take your advice. Oh, I love the people that think they know. Look, I'll leave you with this, John. Oh, God.
you know, he's going through some things. You know, I kind of let go of the rope in general. I'm wishing him nothing but the best. I'm wishing that he has a full recovery. But that doesn't mean that I want to hang with him, talk to him, do radio with him, okay? But I really, truly wish the best for him, and I hope he has a full recovery. Uh, John, I mean, where have you been? Oh, God, I've moved, I've moved past all of that stuff. I've taken the high road. I've taken uh, – whatever. I know other people in this room right now are rolling their eyes, so I'll shut up. We promoted the hell out of the fact that we were going to be on Bill O'Reilly's uh, – show back in the day on Fox and uh, sat down with the guy for over an hour, made some great points about comedy and being shock jocks and this and that. And he asked us a, a few questions about some of the, the naughty stuff we were doing. I'm like, ah, we can even handle this. And we discussed it honestly and openly. And then uh, I do remember this was one time where uh, me and, there were times me and Anthony got along, but it was very rare, sadly. And I remember he called my apartment, or I called him, as the piece was being aired, the Bill O'Reilly piece. And we're like, "What the hell is this? This, this is, this, this is the edit job they did on this. They cut out all the decent stuff we were talking about and, and explanations why we do what we do and how we uh, did some crazy ass uh, bits." for the show and those were the attention getters to get people on board to watch the, uh, sorry, to, to listen to the show on a regular basis, explain the whole thing. And then the piece you can see for yourself. Uh, it's just, just sex, sex, sex. He's just pounding that all we are is like some weird, like creepy sex show. Oh my God. We were laughing at each other. Cause you know, we can, Back then, we could handle anything because then we went on the air and just beat the crap out of Bill O'Reilly. And then Bill O'Reilly, it turns out, was a bad, bad boy. It's always the bad, bad boys that uh, publicly are the ones yelling and screaming about uh, about all this moral crap. And then it turns out he, he was doing some crazy-ass things. So cheers to Bill O'Reilly. Go F yourself. I never forgot. Never forgot. I'm like, oh my god, this is a, this is a hatchet job. They edited the hell out of this to make us look like creeps, and we were way more than that. Were we uh, creepy at times? Sure, sure. Uh, this guy saying you uh, can't do the stuff you guys did now too much. Yeah, but that's that was the point I made with Bill O'Reilly. You know, our best stuff, although it wasn't attention getters, like uh, the big over-the-top bits, was just us hanging out every day and just babbling and making each other laugh. That's That was the beauty of the Opie Anthony show. That's the, that's the real reason why the show was massively huge. You know, those over-the-top bits didn't hurt, but those were what I called the attention getters. It was, it was my philosophy. You hit them with something so crazy, they go to work. And they tell others, like, you, you're you not going to believe what I heard this morning. They're like, what? what? NEW, that station's been dead forever. I know, but they got this new show, Opie and Anthony, and they did this blank bit. And then you're like, ah, let me check these idiots out, even though I'm a Stern fan or whatever. And then we got them hooked. And then it was the day-to-day -day stuff that kept people coming back for more. I explained all that to Bill O'Reilly, and it was just none of that was in it. And we were, we were kind of – I guess we were kind of stupid back then because we – uh we were on a rocket ship getting really famous really quickly. So we didn't know the ways of the world, you know, um, 
like we do now. I know I do, and I know certainly he does. So back then, you just assumed that they would do the right thing. And if you were like explaining yourself, they would go, oh, okay, this is interesting. Let's put this in the P. No, they, oh, get rid of all that stuff where they're explaining and making themselves look good. So when me and Anthony came to New York and we were working at WNEW, they were a, a legendary rock station with Scott Muni. Their lineup was well-respected. But by the time we got there, these guys were pretty damn old and boring as all hell, okay? And it was obvious they wanted to change the whole direction of NEW. Uh, and they put the whole station on me and Anthony's backs, which was crazy because no one knew us when we moved to uh, New York City. I mean, nobody. We had huge success in Boston. But that didn't mean we were going to have huge success in New York City. So uh, these guys fought us at every turn. They were like, it's about the music. It's not about talk. And back then it was faxes. They would hang up all the hate faxes. That's why I can handle all of this garbage. It's, it's been part of my life since I started. So these uh, legendary jocks would hang up the faxes where they basically were saying, Opie and Anthony stink, get rid of these guys, you know, all that crap. And they would hang it in the, in the, in the studio. And we fought all of them, all of them, right to their face. And the only one that was cool to us was Scott Muni. He's like, these guys got something because he was on his way out. He, he knew his, uh, his time was done, and he was fine with that. So Carol Miller, I, I will tell you this much about her. She actually had the balls to fight us face-to-face. -face. The rest of the guys would fold and only talk shit behind the scenes and hang up the faxes and leave. So you, you couldn't really uh, confront them because they, they were doing it in secrecy. She came right at us, and, she's, and she said, it's about the music. And then she made some kind of bet. She goes, I will do it my way, and you do it your way, and we'll see who wins. I'm like, deal. And the rest is history. We kicked her ass and everyone else's ass. And one day, because I was uh, just being a complete dick, she came in with tampons for me. I mean, you got to respect that. You got to respect that. So I don't know if we made her cry, but then the station, it, it got so ugly because the on-air fights, we would yell and scream at each other. And then um, they made a, a rule at WNEW that Carol Miller wasn't allowed to do her show until, I mean, wasn't allowed to enter the studio until we left. So she had to wait in a mail room and wait for us to pass back to our office. And then she could come down the hall to the, uh, to the studio to do her music show. Um, that's how, that's how bad it got. They, they had to separate us, but I, I respect her for the fact that she took it right to our faces. She wasn't hiding behind fake accounts or nothing, man. I've been a fan of yours since WAF. Wow. Very, very cool. The only station that really rocks. I would love to ask how old you are just for the simple, the simple, reason that uh the waf years are so long ago at this point i mean we moved to new york in 98 so that's we moved to new york 25 years ago and it seems like yesterday i was up in boston just loving life doing afternoons at waaf with anthony so 25 i i hate the people that i now drink beers with uh, actually, Dennis is one of those guys. He, he's been on Tuesdays uh, at Gephardt's. He's the beer distributor for Gephardt's. He, he gets uh, all the beers for Matt. He's always out there searching for cool shit. And he told me, as we're drinking beers together, I think he's like, what did he say? I think he said he's 35. He goes, yeah, Ope, this is so crazy that, you know, I'm hanging out on your live stream and we're having a beer together. 
because I used to listen to Opie and Anthony on the school bus. Oh, what? Don't tell me that. It's nice that you go way back with the show, but don't tell me you used to listen to me on the school bus because the school uh, the school bus driver was a fan, and now we're clanking glasses, having beers together. That's depressing. Knowing now that Owen A would have surpassed Stern, do you wish you would have fought harder for Anthony to not get fired? Skunk farts. I, I did everything I could when uh, when I could when um, when Anthony got fired. I don't know what to tell you about that, sir. Uh, and I also know Barrister fourteen oh one that by the time Anthony got fired, uh, the show was was uh, not not the same show anymore, and we lost a lot of market value, a lot of market value. You know, I hate I hate this more than anything, Barrister. I know you're a regular, but this narrative that Anthony decided to push forward is is complete BS. I did whatever I could for uh, Anthony when he got fired for that the racial crap. Um, and, and even though I don't like him, Jimmy also did everything he could as well. And then Anthony, you know, he, he's very irresponsible <clears throat> and wants to cause drama all the time. He started this. BS narrative that I didn't stick up for him. He knows he could go screw for saying that if you want to know the truth. He knows all the times I stuck up for him in the past during the ONA run. Hello. Hello. Who's uh, this? Is is this the uh, OP show? <laughs> <laughs> for the first time in how long? Two years, years? three months. It's Anthony Cumia. Greg Opie Hughes, ladies and gentlemen, on, on my fucking show. Wow. This is crazy. Let me ask you one question. All right. I got a lot of shit uh, over this over the years. Do really? you honestly think I didn't stick up for you? Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't think you went to bat um, as a guy that did radio with somebody for 20 years would have went to bat. I never heard one inkling that it happened, so... Uh, yeah, I just never thought you, you gave it a, a good shot. I, I, I gave it a, I gave it a, a fair shot. That's for sure. I got screamed at. They didn't want to hear it at the time. That's just it. I, like a fair They didn't want to hear that. Well, the, well, the other thing is to be fair. I didn't, I, I mean, was I, was, were we going to get, were we going to continue at that point? I did you honestly, honestly, did you honestly think we were? Yeah, I, I honestly think we could have just. Continue doing uh, good shows. I, I I really do. You mean like if Opie said I'm walking, if he walks, and you guys go, you guys go, you guys go do another show. That's what I, you know, I. Either felt, way, I, I think I felt the I felt the separation was already beginning before that incident, though. It was, but I wasn't sure if we did do something else, whether that would have helped out, right? Or just the fact that I mean. You know how a lot of these radio relationships go. Even if if the um, bottom falls out of the relationship portion of it, the shows are still good. Yeah. And, and I I thought the show was still very strong. You didn't think we needed a break at that point. Uh, I mean, I, we were we were barely talking. I don't know. M maybe in in my own mind, maybe uh, going to bat for me when management wanted to fire me might have actually helped. We, the, uh, oh, no, oh, no. I, I, I mean, maybe maybe I shouldn't use the, the word fair. Me and Jimmy absolutely went to bat, and they were screaming at us. They were so fucking pissed off at the time, and we were trying to say, it's not, it's not that big of a deal we can get through this. Because then my thought was, I, I really did think that we were heading toward a, uh, we needed a break, but 
and this was never said to you, so I got to be, you know, I got to be, I got to be honest with you. My thought at that point was like, wow, we kind of need a break, but I, I didn't want to like blow up the Opie and Anthony brand. That's the stupidest thing in the world. So I was starting to think we got our own channel. Maybe we could figure out some new, new directions for both of us. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you guys something? I, I wasn't thinking to... that the whole thing should be, you know, blown up. That's for sure. And I want people, to, I want people to know that. I thought we were getting to a place like, like you, your interests on the radio show were obviously very different than my interests. And then it was sort of, you know, the, all those years where it worked, we were, we, we had a lot more of the same interests, and we we're always on the same page. But we started wanting to talk about different things, and and yeah, quite, 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 quite frankly, we were we were looking at each other like, oh, whatever. I'm, I, I'd rather talk about this, and and I saw it in your eyes, and you're like, well, I'd rather talk about this. Look, we went obviously went in in different directions with our lifestyle, and it 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 came out on the air and it was a lot more difficult to find common ground to talk about things uh, on the show. I do understand that. But um, the one thing that, that I think was taken away from this whole thing that people don't realize is there was always an appreciation for what we did for each other over the years and, and, and during our careers. Right. Uh, there was never a uh, without him, he wouldn't be famous or without him, he wouldn't be famous kind of a, an angle. It was a team effort. It worked very well. We did very well, and that has to be uh, respected no matter what. Oh, without a doubt. If you're broke, do a reunion live show tour with Amp, but you're an uh, imbecile, so you won't. Yeah, I'm an imbecile. Is that, is that what it is? I'm an imbecile. Is that what it is, official courted Ramsey? First of all, I'm not broke. I definitely uh, see that I need another little run. Would you want to work with Anthony at this point? Go go read his Twitter and then truly get back to me and tell me, yeah, I would want to work with that guy. So I'm an imbecile because I went to a reunion show with a guy that has completely and dramatically changed and is obsessed with race issues in America. Why would I do that? Go read his Twitter. It's right there. Although I blocked him years ago. Can you imagine blocking the guy you did a, a massive radio show with? How stupid. I was going to say how stupid is that, but how crazy is that? I should say, but I had to block him years ago, years ago, but that didn't stop him. No, no, no. He trolls me every day with troll accounts. That's a lot of fun and weird, but yeah, I'll get back with that guy and do a reunion show. Oh, these people are delusional. All you have to do is go read his Twitter and then ask yourself, uh, if you would hang with him and do a show with him and, and have your livelihood depend on that and answer, honestly, I would appreciate it. Uh, Cassius, I, she was, she was a nightmare. I'll, I'll tell you that much. She was a fucking nightmare. I actually felt sorry for Anthony way back in the day. She was a nightmare and I wasn't in a good relationship either. We, we both had nightmares as we were like crushing it at WNEW, we were we were we were with two nightmares. Even when our relationship was going away and we weren't like hanging out anymore, the one thing we bonded on was the fact we were both with nightmares. That's why we opened up our office and turned it into a party after our show because we didn't want to go home. I remember, <laughs> like I said, the good, the bad, the ugly. I like that theme because I think. I think I focused way too much on the ugly, and uh, and that's not fair because the ONA show was so much, so much. So I'm trying to bring more of the good when I, I talk about uh, Opie and Anthony. 
me and Anthony would take turns driving from Huntington, Long Island. We lived very close to each other in Huntington. Both had apartments. We're crushing it for any W, and we still don't have. We still don't own anything. And uh, all of a sudden, my my girl is talking. You're going to work already? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you don't start till three. Yeah, I know. And I would leave the house at like nine and pick up Anthony. We couldn't wait to get the fuck into the city. And then uh, we'd hang out in the office. Then we'd do our show. And then we'd go back to the office. And we had a Jägermeister machine. We had, I, I think near the end, we had three fridges in our office. Two were for beer. And the third, excuse me, the third was for like any kind of food we were eating. We wanted to keep cold, whatever. And, uh, and then after the show ended, we'd just stay in the office. And then finally, we'd go home, you know? And we take turns just because that commute killed us. It was brutal. That's the only reason why I live in the city. That commute killed me. And then, unfortunately, when me and Anne weren't getting along anymore, then I either had to drive every day and, or I started taking the train. And then I couldn't take the Long Island Railroad anymore because uh, we were so famous that I got bothered to a point that it was exhausting. Now, instead of chilling out on a train for over an hour, I had to talk to uh you know, fans, not that I, I always like talking to the fans, but at that point you want to just focus on the show, read newspapers, try to get your shit together. So that's, then I had no choice. I had to live in the city. So that's the only reason I'm in the city. But anyway, uh, when we were still getting along and we were driving, taking turns driving, uh, I remember a day, I don't remember how many times this happened, but we would, we would giggle like idiots because we'd get back to Huntington we we're in horrendous traffic. We're fucking rock stars in the radio world. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I would pull up uh, to Anthony's house, and the light would be on. And oh, there's there's another story too. All right, I'll end with this. Unless you get no, you don't have to give me super chats anymore. You guys did very well today, and I appreciate it. <laughs> and I'd pull up to Anthony's house. And he goes, dude, can you drive around a little bit? <laughs> and I didn't want to go to my house either. <laughs> so I remember we would make loops just in Huntington, down Main Street and up and around. And I'd pass this house. Nah, nah, another loop. And then we'd giggle like idiots, how lame and pathetic it was. And I think we I think we even were like talking like if the fans only knew that our personal lives suck. And then... uh. And then there, I'll, I'll leave you with this. And then there was a, I forgot about this story. And then there was a time, it was my turn to drop him off again. I'm trying to get your comments on the screen. And I pull up to his house and the candles were on. You could see candles were lit. He's like, oh my God, no. Cause I guess candles meant like, you can only imagine. And he's like, oh fuck, the candles are lit. <laughs> Can you? Yes, we can, Anthony. We, yes, we can take a loop. We can take a loop. I never forgot that one. Oh, the candles are lit. And he didn't have to tell me anymore. And I'm just like, oh, I feel so sorry for this guy. He made me forget about how, how my relationship wasn't much better. Oh, the candles are lit. <laughs> And you, yes, yes, we can. Oh God! So there you go. There's a good memory. I'll try to. I'll try to come up with more good memories. I really will. 
because I I know I focus way too much on the uh, the ugly. I I think I've told all ugly at this point, so maybe I get a few goods in there. <laughs> John, you got it. <laughs> it was it was delivered perfectly because it came from such a real place deep in his soul. Oh, the candles are lit. <laughs> I, w I wish I got to hang with that guy a little more. It's, it really sucks that everything got all all sorts of fucked up over the years. Because just dumb things like that were just so special. Oh, God.